Welcome to In-Depth, a Kingdom Life Church podcast where we can sit down over a cup of coffee and talk to the people we love about the things that intrigue us. Now settle in as we go In-Depth. All right, well, uh, good morning or afternoon, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. This is Spencer Lloyd, your host for In-Depth, one of the Kingdom Life Church podcasts. We hope that you enjoyed the last episode we put up with Adam Narciso from Catalyst Ministries. And uh, the one before that, we're just going to pretend that that one didn't happen. Uh, It it was good, but it was so long ago. Uh, We're kind of restarted the clock uh, with the podcast where we had Adam on. So if you didn't check that one out, go back. You can find it on the Kingdom Life website, or you can also find it through the native iTunes podcast app. And subscribe, 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 and leave us uh, a rating, please. We'd appreciate that. Today, though, we have on the podcast Don Sheely. Don uh, is a member of Kingdom Life Church, and she has a story to tell, don't we all? But Don, why don't we start with just an introduction? Uh, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about your family, because I know that's a really interesting part of your story. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, where are you from? I am from uh, northern Indiana. It's always weird telling people where I'm from, because I grew up in Syracuse, family moved to a small town named Kimmel, Indiana. However, all of my community was in Goshen and Elkhart, Indiana, so I feel like I just kind of lived all over the world. But, I mean, if you have to say one town I'm technically from, it's Kimmel, Indiana. Right on. Okay. And um, so I mentioned your family's interesting. Tell, tell the listeners why uh, your family would be intriguing any more so than any other family. Yeah, I. this is the fact that I always wait to share with people before I'm ready to have like a 20-minute conversation with them. <laughs> um, because it's like once you know this fact, you will have 70 questions and then we'll have to talk about it. And I'm fine talking about it. I like my family. But it's like, do I want to engage with you, you in this right way <laughs> right now? Because it's going to take a while. Yeah. So, so why is it going to take a while? Um, because I have, I mean, it's not that weird. I just have a lot of siblings. Yeah. I have 10 natural siblings. Yes. My parents had 11 children. I am number eight. I'm just going to get the facts out there. I know, there you yeah, I know what you're, you're wondering, what is all the, what are the dynamics? Who's the oldest? How, what's their age? Um, the oldest right now is 34. The youngest is 14. So there's a 20 year age gap. I am number eight. And so, and your age is? I'm 23. So then we have from 34 to 23. Yes. Between, between the oldest and, and me. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so, uh, was that, I'm sure that you've had this conversation with your parents. Were all 11 of you planned? Were there surprises in there? Are you evenly spaced? I think everyone, but two of my siblings are two years-ish apart. And, I mean, I don't think anyone was like, we're going to have another child. We're going to really plan for this. But it was like, we're not going to try to not have another child. It's basically the the mentality was, until the Lord says no more. Okay. More. Be fruitful and multiply, I guess, right? Yeah. All right, so um, I know that you're a professional, but tell uh, the listeners a little bit about your your training and and your job. What do you do? Um, Yep, I graduated from Ball State University in elementary education. I now work at a school in Marion. I teach third grade. Right, third grade. I think um, I have a son in third grade, and to have to spend an entire day with third graders is um, 
a feat that I think that it would take supernatural intervention for me to be able to do. So blessings on your head. I mean, it takes supernatural intervention for me to have to do it. Honestly, I, I don't know how I would do it if I wasn't like in a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. I would be like, I would be, I'm done. I quit. This is too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but God has been really good. He sustains me every day. That's good. You know, uh, one of the things that Don likes to do, um, and I think that, that you do well, is you're always looking for how the Lord can teach you in your everyday moments. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's an example of something like that where the Lord has used one of your crazy third graders to teach you a lesson about himself or about your relationship with him? Yeah. Um, just recently, um, I was talking to you earlier, but my favorite student, uh, Trent, um, uh, he is so funny. He's Don't you so- mean... You, you don't have favorites, but this Oh, student, oh I you're... definitely have favorites. There's there's no, like, oh, they're all my favorites. Like, some of them really aren't. Like, you know I just what? love you because you're in my class. You're and not I actually... Think, and I think that that's actually... We'll get back to your story in a second, but I think that that's actually um, something that I've learned probably in the past five years is is actually a reflection of the Father's heart. He, he loves all of his children equally. Mm-hmm. There's an equal love for everybody, but he does favor people di- differently. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't think it's bad to have favorites. I'm an, I'm an educator too, and I definitely have my favorites. Um, yeah, I, it's the same thing for me. Like, I have the ones that I love because you're in my class, and I want to, like, help you grow. Mm-hmm. But not always do I love spending time with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so my one favorite student, he's so smart and he's so funny, um, but he just is so hard to love. But, like, it's like, I want you to receive my love. I don't even know why. You're so disrespectful to me, but you're so adorable that I can't not want to fight for your love. And so the other day, um, his his glasses had broken at recess. And him and I had had a day that day where I'm just, like, trying to be patient with him. His little, like, explosions are kind of hilarious to me because I think he's so cute. Um <laughs> And so eventually his glasses break at recess and he comes in, he's super frustrated. So I'm like, I know, I know it's going to, I can do this. I can get his favor this way. I can fix his glasses. So I take this like putty stuff and this tape and I, like it wasn't the perfect fixing, but it was good enough to use the rest of the day. And so I like spent all of my lunch break doing this thing for him. And then I give him my, his glasses and he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, you ungrateful child, all I want to do is love you. You will take these glasses and you will wear them. Uh, no, but yeah, so he's uh, he's one of my favorites. I also have the ones that are just pleasant to talk to. Like, those are the ones, like, if they ask me to do something, like, can I sit in a different seat? I'm not like, no. I'm like, I'd rearrange the whole room for you. <laughs> I would do anything for you. Would you like you. to sit at my desk? <laughs> for real. Please take my seat. Um, and so to answer your question, what I've learned... Um, God showed me just that week that that happened with, with the student with the glasses. Um, he's like, Don, this is you. This is you and me right now. Like, this is how much I love you. I want to just give you everything and I'm willing to go out of my way to earn your affection, but you're not letting me love you. So that was a really sweet moment of like breaking down. I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. that is like you. And that was me for like a <laughs> solid 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it was, like, good to recognize, like, God's love is so... And I feel it. I feel it for this student. And mm-hmm. so I understand God's heart just minimally for me, which is cool. That's cool. 
Um, so I know that as a teacher, there are certain things that I like to do to kind of decompress from the day or from the week. Uh, and I know this about you because we've talked. I think one of those things for you is songwriting, mm-hmm. which is really one of the reasons we have you on today. Yeah. Uh, because I, uh, you have this like hidden, t- is it fair to call it a hidden talent? I don't, sure. Do many people know about your songwriting? I feel like I try and like talk about it, but it's like, I mean, everyone talks about it. So it's like, okay, are you really that cool? Like, I don't know. Uh, it's not like I secretly have it, but I just don't. It's not my first fact. Okay. Yeah. Your first fact is also not 11 children. No. But no. What is your first fact? I don't even. I'm a teacher. Yeah. Probably the teacher, teacher thing. Yeah. Cause that, that opens up a good combo. Okay. So what, here's, here's the question. What drew you to songwriting? Or maybe a better way to ask it is, have you always been like a poet? I think something um, a lot of people, at least on the words, on the lyric side of things, um, I think most songwriters are probably poets. Yeah. And so for me, I know that it, all through high school, I, I like to write poetry. So is that something that you've done? Is it something that you like, or did that start when? Um, I think being a singer, songwriter, I don't know like, when it ever like starts in a person. I in my large family, a lot of them were musicians, um, especially like my older sisters. They would play guitar. They I have a sister, uh, Glory, who would just like write the most cool songs. Like I'm like, how do you even understand those conceptually, and then put it into music? Um, that it was just like so inspiring. And so she's like one of the people that inspired me to want to write songs. Okay. Um, also, me and my little sister would, we would just do this for fun, but we would just write songs. And I remember even one of them um, that we wrote was a boy when we were like 12, I was 12 and she was 10. A boy liked me and I just did not like him back. Like I was kind of a brat when I was little. Sounds, sounds like Taylor Swift. <laughs> but like, I just like had this like antagonistic view of any boy who liked me at that age. So we like wrote this song and the lyrics, um... They were harsh. They were really harsh, but they were funny. Um, <laughs> Did this boy ever hear the song? No. Did you crush him? <laughs> it was just for the pleasure of me and my sister. Okay. Um, so it's yeah. kind of so it's been a part of your story for quite some time. Yeah, okay. it hasn't really, never not been. But cool. And and so your primary. I I know you play keys and guitar. Would you say one of those is your primary instrument over the other? Um, I think it used to be piano. I have now transitioned to doing guitar. I started like really, really focusing in on guitar when was, I think my junior year, someone had like prayed over me and they're like, I just like see you like playing guitar. And I'm like, that's, that's dumb because I hate guitar. <laughs> that is not from the Lord. You are wrong. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to play guitar. I've been like minimally attempting to start this and it just doesn't get anywhere for like five years. So I'm just, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into this. I think that that's a a really beautiful uh, picture, though, of how to partner with the prophetic. Yeah. You, which is something that I think that I carry and and, um, advocate for, is that, you know, we're in a community where the prophetic is something that's happening constantly. Mm -hmm. Like we're always, uh, very seldom is there a gathering where we're not praying for somebody or asking the Lord about somebody's situation or whatever. And that's great, but if that's all that we do, then we're missing a huge part of it mm-hmm. because then we have to partner with what those words are to actually see them come to pass. Yeah. Um, and, and not all the time. Sometimes the Lord moves on our behalf without our cooperation. But I, I really believe that the majority of the time he invites us into that process because 
it's about relationship, mm-hmm. right? And every um, every prophetic word, every moment of ministry is an invitation into intimacy. Yeah. And so that was one there. And so then, so you picked up the guitar and now you're a two instrument person. Yeah. Can I feel I, like it was, it was like a harder, I think it was a harder process to be able to be unlocked as a, as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. I think I said like, oh, it's been a part of me, but it wasn't like, oh, I know how to do this and this is something... I feel like is something I can do. I had a, like a lot of influence with my family. We would do it for fun. But I think it was when I got that word. Um, it was at that conference. Um, it was at a conference that I got that word. And I just didn't feel adequate. I didn't feel like I could play one guitar. But I also didn't have a lot of strength in my own songwriting capabilities. Mm-hmm. It's like the way where it's like, yeah, I have a good voice. But I don't have a song. Yeah. Like, I can sing, but I don't have a song. Well, and I think that that's also really indicative of the way that the Father does stuff. Because if he had if he had sent somebody with a message for you that, oh, I just see you playing the guitar, but you were already playing the guitar, you would have mm-hmm. been like, well, yeah, I can do this in my own strength. Yeah. But in a place where you're like, I don't play the guitar, but Father, if this is what you're saying, I'm going to partner with this, then it brings you into a place where you have to rely on Him yeah. to make the way. So... It was rough. Me in the first couple of weeks of guitar, it was like, uh, <laughs> as is with most people, the yeah. first couple of weeks with the guitar. So, um, do you think that, I mean, you kind of talked about, uh, having a, having a song. Do you think that there's a particular theme in the message of the songs that you write? Is there, um, like an underlying narrative, I guess you could say, at least in this chapter of your life to the stories, to the songs that you're writing? Yeah, I think um, something the Lord has just shown me that about my life is that it is, it's just marked with like hope. So my life in just my everyday life is marked with hope and especially in my songs. Um, the season where I feel like my songwriting got unlocked, um, it was that season after I got that word and I started to play more and I was just like, okay, I, I really don't feel like I can write songs. But I'm just going to really try. And so the first song that came was not an easy song to to just produce and just like sit down and, and there it was. Um, it took a lot of weeks. Um, it took a lot of weeks and a lot of just like living life and letting it come out. Mm. Um, and just like being in the word and letting the word just kind of sit inside my heart and just let it just sit there and kind of melt a little bit and that's what came out when I was writing songs and it felt almost like I'm I'm shoving a weird puzzle together and I don't really know if all these pieces <laughs> fit but I I like them and I think the messages were in like that's just kind of how it went for a few weeks and after like a long time processing and then refining and like I don't like that wording even moments where I would like say something like in my own wording, the Lord would correct me like, no, I wouldn't say it like that. Mm. So I want you to, to fix it. That's really it. cool. So you're kind of hinting at something here, but do you have a method? Like, is there a, so you feel, you feel a song coming on or whatever, whatever that is for you. Um, is there like a, the same process that you go through every single time? No. I mean, at the first, it started out, I think that song was like so long because it was like, you know, the first time you're getting in shape, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Um, is the, it like like Don McLean, the American Pie? It's like 
seven minutes long or something? Uh, Besi- yeah, that one's, of the that one's pretty long. Okay. But it, and it's, like, theologically thick. Oh. So you have to, like, really sit and, like, you have to be really, like, into what it's saying. You have to be listening to it to really appreciate it. I, I feel think, like I feel like that's what it's like uh, with Misty Edwards. Like, yeah. You listen to her songs and you're, like, you're just exhausted by the end of it. It's all amazing stuff. But yeah. But it's just, like... Wow, I really had to use my brain a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think there's a time when you like are processing, and this is kind of like what I think my songs are for. They're more processing songs. They're me and my process, getting out what I'm going through and putting it in song. Um, And then there are just like, you know, I just want to jam, or I just like, I feel, I feel the spirit on this one. Like, I don't really need to pay attention to what it's saying, but I can like feel what's going on. I think a lot of my songs are more processing, so they're ones you're like gonna put headphones on and go to uh, go on a walk to. Yeah. Um, that one is is probably thicker, but I think it's simple. That's the thing. It's like I don't want it to be so theological that you get lost. Yeah. But I do think it's like it's so important to ingrain the word of God because like my words are great. Um, I heard this at an IHOP like music writing talk. Mm-hmm. Like my words are great and they will help people, but his words are eternal, and that has just stuck with me. Like yeah. anything I can say is not anywhere near as helpful as what he can say. So, have any of your songs been birthed out of a moment of like spontaneous worship? Um, well, I feel like that's yeah. My some of my more current songs mm-hmm. have just because I've been leading worship at church more. Yeah. So those songs, I have like little pieces and I'm trying to like meld those together with other pieces I come with up with later. So, so practically then, um, for anybody who's listening to this, who might be like starting down, who, who are where you were 10 years ago or five years ago. Um, do you, do you have some type of recorder going every time you lead worship someplace just so that you can catch anything that might happen that you want to use later? Uh, I noticed that, a lot, some other, a lot of other people do it, like in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so, our worship pastor or who, someone's doing slides, they'll okay. be like, "Okay, I'll, I'll set this." But I don't, I don't start the recorder. I think that would be hard for me to know that someone is recording this, mm-hmm. just because then I'm like, "Oh, well, my song is going to be recorded, and it doesn't feel as genuine." I know it, it can still be, yeah. But I feel like if I'm recording for the sake of recording it, it's not going to be genuine yeah, or okay. as genuine. That's fair. So, um, do you think that there is, you've, you've talked about this a little bit. I mean, you said hope and maybe that's going to be your answer, but, uh, do you think that there's a sound of the kingdom or, or what particular sound of the kingdom do you think that the Lord has given Dawn to release through her songs? Yeah. Uh, this was, I think my sound is, it's hope, but it's not just like, oh, like I hope this happens or like, I just want you to be in a good mood after you listen to this song. Yeah. No, um, Bill Johnson. Um, and I don't know if this is his wording, but he defines hope as the joyful expectation of good. Yeah. So it's not like the last ditch effort. Yeah. Like is what you kind of alluded there. Oh, I hope that, but he likens it to a child on Christmas morning. Yeah. Like the, you know, they're waking up and they have that joyful expectation that there's going to be something amazing Yeah. under the tree or however it works. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think part of my my process or my revelation of the word hope, um, it kind of has been like the joyful hope of something good out of the darkness. So mm. like the morning, like my name is so 
um, impactful to me. I never liked my name growing up. I'm like, it's boring. It's one syllable. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's not very, like, unique. I mean, it's unique, but it's not cool. I just didn't like it. Um, The Lord has been really showing me how the the dawn is really, um, it just shows my identity in that. I may be, it might be night for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but but the dawn does always come. He always does come. And so a lot of my songs um, came from a season of not feeling hope and not feeling happy or not feeling like there's mm. going to be good. Um, like you can, you can believe, oh, God's good. I'm, I'm still, I'm still in a relationship with him, but not actually believe for better than you even have now. Um and there were some definitely dark seasons where I was just not with it. Like, I looked normal. And I think that's something that that has been on my heart recently, how you can look really normal. Uh, you can look like you're happy and you're fine. But on the inside, there's there's just stuff you don't even understand that's going on mm-hmm. in you. Um, so what I really have had loved during that season was listening to music that just kind of set me free and said it's okay to feel this way mm. it's okay that you're angry mm-hmm. it's okay that you feel like like an evil person on the inside mm. it's not okay that you would act out on that but it's okay to feel that way yeah and like there is an answer and there is hope and his name is jesus yeah and that just looks different than like what we would normally sing like sometimes the worship songs like they just didn't get me you know like i know uh-huh. they're true but in those mm-hmm. times it's like i don't need to hear this because it's not helping me. Mm-hmm. I know it's true, but when I would listen to songs that were like kind of releasing me to feel the pain that was inside, that mm. is what actually set me free. Now, how much of your process of songwriting <clears throat> and even what you just described right there in those seasons when you just weren't feeling okay, how much uh, of your process involved community? Um, at the, at be- the beginning, not much. And I think... That was me. I'm not saying this is like the the way you should do it, but yeah. like I couldn't rely on people. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to open up. I was really afraid, um, especially being a leader in the ministry that I was in. Like if you knew the weird thoughts that I have thought, <laughs> I just don't know if you would trust me. And it's not, and there was just a fear of being mistrusted. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of what shoes people away from ministries, that fear of, Oh, you have mental problems. Mm. We don't really want to put you on a leadership position because yeah. you might lead people that way. Like it's, an, I'm not being led this way. I just born this way. I can't help that I have this, um, like this brokenness in my mind. Yeah. I can't help it. Um, and so the Lord was just so, so good to me in using music to explain to me what's mm-hmm. wrong with you. You're not evil. You just have a broken mind. Hmm. And I want to heal it. Yeah. And it was it was so like releasing. And then the Lord slowly, like through that process, was really hard. Like really hard. He said, You need to rely on people. You won't be able to do it alone. It's so important. So do you feel like uh we're we're getting personal here, but do you feel mm-hmm. like you're a place in your walk now where you've seen a lot of that healing take place? Yeah, I think that first time I ever went through such a large, intense season, it was like long, intense, everything felt heavy. Uh, there were there were normal days, but there was a lot of days that just felt dark. Um, mm-hmm. After going through that one really big time where the Lord invited me into a season of healing, on the, on the, the front end, you're like, okay, I, I think this is going to be good. And then in the middle, you're like, what? 
what's wrong? Like, like sandpaper on an open wound. <laughs> yeah, for real. So I think that's cool that um, that song, that music has played such a huge part in your process, and that songwriting is also is a played a part in the process, but I think is part of the product. Mm-hmm. And um, then also I think it's going to do the same thing, like. What other people's music did for you, I think that your music is going to do for other people, which is something that you've voiced. And so um, we're going to take a break, and then when we get back, you're going to hear one of Dawn's songs. She's going to talk to us a little bit about it, and then she's going to play. So we will be right back. We want your feedback. Do you have questions about a Kingdom Life sermon you heard recently? Or maybe you have a topic suggestion for the monthly in-depth podcast. If that is you, please send them our way. Submit your thoughts and questions to us via Instagram, Facebook Messenger, or you can email them to spencer.kingdomlifechurch at gmail.com. Of course, you can always feel free to chat with us on a Sunday night as well. We look forward to interacting with you, and thanks for listening to In Depth, a special edition of the Kingdom Life Church podcast. All right, welcome back. Uh, And also, just like that said, if you have any questions or show ideas, be sure to send those on to us. We want to make this podcast something that's going to be life-giving and uh, affirming to you as listeners. So uh, now we're back, though, with Dawn, and uh, Dawn's going to play a song for us. But before she does, I've asked her just to give us the background of this song, kind of tell us um, what the story is behind the song. Um, yeah, I feel like every song has like 8 million different like backstories, but I think the main backstory that this one has, it's called warrior not a soldier during the time that I wrote it I just felt like I had to work really hard to to earn people's love to earn God's love um I felt like God had like set me on an assignment and every time I would just try and step out I would just get rejected slammed down and so I'm like what's the problem I can't do any of this um like Lord you told me to do this and it's failing and he's like well it's not about success or failure Uh, It's about you being with me and you learning how to trust me. Um, And so one of those things was was even just me moving um, out to uh, to Marion Um, after after college. I was making that decision in the process, and I was just afraid of what that would look like. Mm -hmm. There was just no connection really to to Marion for me, Um, and just yeah. But he was so so sweet and so caring. He's like, I'm gonna help you every step of the way. Don't even don't even worry about it. Um, Awesome. So, cool. So, oh, n- name of the song again? Warrior, not a soldier. All right, take it away. Thank you. 
If this studio were filled with people, they'd all be applauding right now. Mm-hmm. And I would, but it's really loud on the microphone. So, <laughs> uh, wow, that's so amazing. So good. Hey, um, I really just feel like maybe you could pray out of that a little bit for the people that are listening right now. Pray out of the, out of the message of that song. Just take a minute. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you want to go ahead and do that? Yeah. Cool.
Yeah, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray for those who feel like there uh, there is no hope, that feel alone in the, in the sea of people. Lord, I pray for those who feel like no one actually understands their mind, that no one actually understands what's going on. Um, but Lord, just encourage them that even when no person understands, you understand. You are the great counselor. You are the perfect healer of the mind, of the body, of the soul. Lord, I thank you for the freedom that you've given me. I thank you for the people that you placed in my life um, to help me find this freedom. I just encourage, um, yeah, Lord, would you just tell those listening um, that feel alone that sometimes it does take courage to step out and share your need. It's always worth it. Even if you are rejected, just keep going. Even if people don't understand initially, there will be some people to come around side you. Yeah, Lord, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for what uh, you've done in my life and what you want to do in lives um, that are affected by my music, um, by my church, by the people who have loved me back to life, who have helped me uh, become who I am. Uh, thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Um, what this is a question I like to ask everybody who I have on, and this is just uh, whatever their area of you know content is that we're that we're talking to them about. Yours happens to be songwriting, and I think it's bigger than that. It's about the process of walking with the Lord. Uh, what what advice would you give eighteen year old Dawn about songwriting or about walking with the Lord? Just the whole process in general. What what would you go back if, if we could time travel? What would you tell 18-year-old Dawn? So it's five years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, 18-year-old Dawn. I feel like I would tell her, your current circumstances do, are not going to last forever. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's maybe a little secretive there, but um, whatever current circumstance you're in, it will not last forever. Um it's okay to believe for really big things, even if people think they're silly. Mm. And that's so that seems so cliche, but in life, I feel like it's it's relevant. A lot of people, even that I've talked to, that are like they dream big, but I'm like, well, then like, can we like put to action those things? And then people are like, nah, like, mm-hmm. like you have to put in the work. That's yeah. another thing I would tell Don. You have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. It's not all in the anointing. The anointing comes when you spend time with the Father. Yep. And when you are actually aware of who you are. That's good. Um, so I would just say, Don, learn who you are. Learn how much the Lord loves you. Learn how to hear his voice and let him speak over you. That's um, good. And, and songwriting is really like an, an after effect. Um, but it does take work. So yeah, but I feel time. Like, <laughs> well, I feel like learning to hear the Lord's voice was part a big part of your songwriting process. Yeah. So I know that that's something that we champion at Kingdom Life. Mm-hmm. Has that always been part of your story, or is that relatively new once you started coming to Kingdom Life, or how did that work for you? I think learning how to literally just hear what God is saying was new for me. Like, my parents, my, my mom would talk a lot, like, oh, and then the Holy Spirit prompted me to do this. But I don't feel like, and this is no one's fault, but I was never taught, like, you can hear God's voice. Yeah. Let's practice. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, a norm but I never actually practiced. Yeah. And so when I learned like, oh, 
I have an identity. I'm not just in this group. That's mm-hmm. like a part of being in a large family where it's not it's not anyone's fault, but you just have a giant group of people you kind of have to like group love at times. Mm-hmm. So when the Holy Spirit came and was able to speak to me, like, I love you individually. Like aside from anyone else that you know, aside from of your family, like you can love your family. That's great. But I love you so individually. And I have a plan that is apart from of where you came from. Mm-hmm. And you need to believe that or you'll never actually get there. Yeah. And that was just, and I mean, it's still something I'm working out. Like, no, like I want to hold on to these things that are in my past, but God's like, you got to let them go. Yeah. Like they will come back, but for a time you will have to let them go. There's a, this, this doesn't entirely get to what you're saying too. Cause the thing I feel like what you're saying is there's things in your past that were, that even though they were good, the Lord asks you to lay them down. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's this verse in um, Psalm 139, which is a big uh, part. It's one of our defining texts as mm-hmm. a body at Kingdom Life Church. But I think it's verse 5. I'm getting there really quickly. And I love um, this thing about the things behind you. Um, Psalm 139 is all about our identity and how mm-hmm. God knows all about us. And um, the psalmist says here in verse 5, You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Yeah. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. And, um, I mean, sometimes the, that blessing is protecting us from the things in our past. Uh, so often we we feel like whatever's happened to us is al- always has to take a huge part in defining who we are. And the yeah. reality is, like, it's it's... Aside from a supernatural healing process or even, you know, healing through therapy, we don't, you know, we believe that that's not a second class healing, mm-hmm. medicinal healing. I mean, if you're healed, you're healed and, and yeah. we celebrate that. But, um, like, I don't, I don't believe because we are fallen, I don't, I don't believe that the Lord intends for every single thing that's happened to us to be part of our identity. Mm-hmm. You know, and that verse speaks to that where he actually goes behind us. He not only goes before us to prepare the way, but he also comes behind us to protect us from the, from the things that would harm us from our past. And um, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Well, Don, thanks so much for being here with us today. Um, I wonder if uh, you could point, if people like what they heard, and I don't know how they couldn't because it was beautiful and anointed, but uh, is there any place online that people can connect with you, hear more of your music? Um, there's nowhere where my like nice recorded songs are laying, waiting for your ears to (laughs) (laughs) be refreshed by, but there are some demos on SoundCloud. Um, I think if you just searched on Sheely, D-A-W-N-S-H-E-E-L-E-Y, um, that is my name. I think I'll, I'll show up and eventually I do want to record, um, my songs in a nice, nice way. Once the Lord provides the funds and all of the, all that business. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. I'm very confident. Um, so one day. That's cool. Right on. I think there's some, aren't there some like Vimeo videos or YouTube videos out there someplace too? Yeah. <laughs> there are on YouTube. <laughs> I had to put them on private because my students found my YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, they're, and they're uh, third graders. These guys are tech savvy. They will find you. So I mean, it's not like I'm ashamed of anything, but it's like, I don't know if I want my third graders to listen to me. I don't know. I'm. It's not that big of a deal, but I just put it on private because <laughs> okay. it may be embarrassed, but maybe I will re-release them. Okay, so SoundCloud. Because maybe yeah. the third graders have forgotten about it by now. <laughs> maybe. You can, you can yeah, YouTube, my YouTube channel, it'll have a bunch of other random videos on there. I should I should probably get my act together and like clean up my 
my uh, social media life. <laughs> so, you know, like find some random video of my open house promo video because that's out there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Well, and also if you're listening to this and you're not a part of Kingdom Life, Church Dawn um, leads worship regularly in our Sunday evening gatherings. And of course, whether you've been there a uh, hundred times or never been there before, we're always glad to see you come through the door. All right. Well, um, Dawn, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for playing for us. Thanks for your investment into the kingdom and your and your investment into this community, this part of the body. Uh, we're excited to see what the Lord has for you through songwriting and through your leadership in the church. And for our listeners, until next time, thanks so much for joining us on In Depth.